called me and I was department head and I was like, we most definitely will watch this because yeah. this is history. This is history, yeah. This is uh, one of the final episodes of NHS PD in the Classroom. Today we have four teachers who have been in the school for the most amount of time. Uh, we'll introduce, have them introduce themselves, what they teach, and then it's just going to be kind of a reflection of good practices, interesting experiences, kids experiencing history, some of the big events that have happened over the last several years as teachers have been here and trying to help kids learn, right? So I don't care who goes first. Let's just go around and who are you? What do you teach? How long have you been teaching? Steve Ashcraft, been here uh, 30 years, teach science, biology, currently botany and zoology. Wendy Dimmick, been here 30 years, and then I taught at Beaumont High School as well, so I'm at 33 years total, and I teach drawing, painting. I have taught ceramics in the past, not for many years, but painting, drawing okay. classes. I'm Radon Anderson. I've been here 29 years. I came the second year that the school was open. I originally started teaching history and then switched to history and English at the semester. And so I've done English and history back and forth for all those years and then student government for many years as well. Pam Harwood, been here from the beginning. I did Central Davis and Leighton High before I came here. So I'm at 33 years also. I've taught PE, math, department chair of math. Did senior class officers for 20 years with Radon, and um, and now I'm back in PE. Awesome. So, thinking back, we have completely switched centuries from when you started teaching. So, what was teaching like at the beginning of your career, your experience? And this is kind of a free-for-all. What was your experience that might spark somebody else thinking something? Uh, one thing that stands out in my mind was the no hat rule, which I thought was pretty bizarre from the get-go. But no hats because it was a disrespect thing and you weren't supposed to wear hats. So we fought that every day. Like, I don't know about you guys, but and I got to where I just didn't like to do it. It was just so much of a problem. And but we they would call us out every faculty meeting and say, you know, if you're not enforcing this, you could lose your job. They made a really big deal about the hats, which anyway, being an artist and being one that wants self-expression. Yeah. yeah, I kind of sided with the kids on that, that I thought it was pretty silly. And they couldn't have colored hair for years. I don't know how many Piercings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, piercings. or piercings. You could have, I think it was two piercings in your ears. And that's you it. You couldn't have any on your face. So, of course, every kid that came in, we were supposed to call them out. And as a teacher dealing with 40 kids in a class, the least of my worries was how many piercings they yeah. And, um, but one of my favorite stories, there was a kid named Winston. I will never forget. And he came with a blue mohawk and I mean, bright blue, which today wouldn't even raise an eyebrow, but he, Elmer, Elmer glued it. It was huge. It was probably a 12 inch mohawk, mohawk. Amazing. And from our standpoint of view, I was wow. And he hardly ever came. So I thought, do I say something or do I just let it go? Because my gosh, the kid's here after several weeks of not seeing him. So I didn't say anything. And within five minutes, an administrator came down <laughs> and called him out. And I thought, oh, no, here we go. So I went out in the hall. And of course, he's very defensive and just going off on the administrator. <laughs> and the administrator said, well, we're going to send you home. And he said, well, why? And he said, because you're a huge distraction. And he said, well, so are girls. You know what? <laughs> and you're not sending any of them home. And we both just started laughing. <laughs> Me and the, like, how do you argue with that? But that's one of my memories was all the hair and the piercings and the hats that we were supposed to deal with every day. 
So I remember when it first opened and one of the draws for me to come here as a brand new teacher was that we were advertised as the most technologically advanced school in the state. I like it was everything. Yeah. And they had all the pictures of the computer labs and they did interviews with everybody. And this is this is high tech. This is all cutting edge and everything. And I look back at it now and I just because we didn't have there was no email. The first couple of years that we taught, I remember when email came in, we didn't have emails, we didn't have projectors, we didn't have all the things that we had. But at one point, Northridge was the cutting edge of technology. Which we, <laughs> we still took attendance on bubble sheets. On bubble sheets. And we put them out the door and the attendance ladies would have their TAs and attendants go around and you could always, they were popular because they're like, give me the attendant and erase them and you'd have to fix that. But it was bubble sheets. So it wasn't, there was no, there was no And at the end of every day. Yeah. yeah. I had totally forgotten about right? the Yeah. And I always got in trouble because there was one TA who always, it was fourth period and she'd come and she'd be like, I bet your sheets aren't done. And I was like, you're right. You are correct. <laughs> they, My sheets are not done. <laughs> They also uh, called you out, too, if you didn't do your attendance daily. You got a little note in the thing. and But they didn't call out everybody. They just actually went to the ones who didn't do attendance and let them know, and they can't do that anymore either. Was that effective? Yeah, it was yeah. very effective. It only I got called out once, and I never missed a day again. Yeah, I didn't. I was afraid to get called out. I, I've never missed a day, and even since then. Yeah. And every faculty meeting, that was an issue. Right. That was You've got to do those attendance sheets right at the beginning. Yeah. So I remember the first year of our school, we didn't have a senior class. Oh, yeah. So that was very different, just having sophomores and juniors. Uh, sports struggled a little bit without the elder, older students. But second year, we had a full school, so we didn't have as many kids the first year. We had a lot of room. And Remember that's why like, I was hired the second year because the second year there were more kids yes. and they needed, yeah, we needed more, more teachers. teachers. So you also the kid. coming down the hall, they had these planters everywhere. <laughs> it was like walking into a, a malls from the nineteen eighties and we had trees and they had little barks in them and everybody would throw bark at everybody, but they eventually <laughs> took all the planters out. There are planters everywhere. There's palm trees in front of the um uh, the main the main the, the theater. Oh yeah. Well they got tall enough by my room where my room is now that the kids could lean over the railing and grab onto the trees. <laughs> so that was a problem oh, because then they I could, could have seen right. Yeah, right? They were tall, tall and yeah. then yeah, kids yeah. Yeah, kids did what kids good. yeah. But they had to we it, we got really crowded and we had to go with the flow, so they took them all out. That's mm -hmm. why the carpet has changed in colors. You can see the big squares that are still there. Yeah. yeah. And don't jump down into the trees from the second <laughs> <They> floor. <laughs> Didn't work. Do you remember in nineteen ninety five or ninety six when there was a really big drug bust? Oh yeah, the that's because they had the twenty one drug street guy. We had that young guy here that <laughs> no one knew was in his class that was was older. That was so cool. Like this was just like so the, wait, oh, that's right. right. I, don't I don't know that. They guy. had they had a kid at school who was a cop and he was pretending to be a high school student and he was the one who did the drug bust. Yeah, so he'd make friends with the kids. Yeah, so yeah and it was like it was like full on Twenty One Jump Street. If anybody remembers that, it was. But, yeah, we got an email that kind of warned us about it, mm -hmm. or maybe it was. And there was something. No, we got a message that this kid that this there was this undercover yeah. officer in the school, and to just like play along. And, so yeah, do you remember our it. first uh, when they sent us outside because there was a bomb threat? Yes. And we all went out to the, to the, the football field, football field. <laughs> they're like, everybody stay here. No one's. And it was no a while. It was yeah. like we were, we were out there for time three or four warm. hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. It was all over the news. It was all over the news, yeah. Our first bomb threat. And we had a really bad fight. One, it was at the first or second. I don't know how many years into the 
but um, like We've a kid's a face got ones. totally broken. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. like multiple like cheekbones and nose. Like it was down in the PE department, and I I didn't see it, but it was talked about. So professionalism <clears throat> today, it seems like uh, everything has gone business casual. Has it always been that? When did it switch? Was it always expected that teachers wore ties? Because I remember some some male teachers always wore ties. I was told when I started, well, because I was young. When I started, I was only a few years older than the students. And so our department head at the time was Dave Sider. And Dave said, Dave was a tie every day. He wore a tie every single day. And Mike Hymas wore a tie every single day. So my expectation as a, as a female teacher was a skirt every day. So I wore probably... Did they tell you that, or you just um, felt the pressure? Dave straight out said, Dave said, you need to dress. Well, and he said, and again, because of my age, I mean, the expectation from the principals, from the admin was like, if a parent walks in, they should be able to tell who the teacher is immediately. And kind of the best way to tell is it's whoever's dressed most professionally. So I was really conscious of it because I was so young. And I I mean, I got hall passed all the time in the halls. Te other teachers saying, where's your hall pass? And I'm like, I'm actually an adult. So, um, so it took a while for that. And so I really did. But I feel like it was maybe, and you guys can disagree, probably maybe almost at about the 2000 time that we kind of started changing that a little bit and we got like casual Fridays and, we had fri and people would Fridays. start wearing Levi's on Fridays yeah. and then like it was always though because we did the game but day shirts yeah, do so game it was day like shirt and, shirt and Levi's and you could do that start and on Fridays just, but it came up I know it came up one year on JSSC there was actually I was on JSSC and there were some teachers who wanted us to have a dress code and the principal at the time said yeah the district's not gonna I mean the district code I think is the same as it is and it's simply dress professionally and so, um, yeah, but it definitely, there was a definite, at about, I would guess about 2000 or so, a change of the more casual Friday type stuff. But you had to be in Northridge attire yeah. if you wanted to wear your jeans. So you had to have a Northridge shirt on. Awesome. So this might be a difficult question to pinpoint. Is there an administrator or a series of administrators that you absolutely loved and why? Steve yeah. Hill. Steve Hill. <laughs> yeah, Steve Hill was pretty dang awesome. And I really liked Ross that opened the school. Opened you know what else? The thing about Ross is, as, as a new teacher, because I was mm -hmm. young back then too, is I didn't hear ever of, from parents. Like, they never contacted you. And if there was anything going on, it stopped at Ross's desk, and he took care of it. And I didn't, I, it took me about five or, it took me another principal going, what? You guys talk to, you got talk to parents? They, they complain about us? Because Ross never, ever, he was the buck stops here principal. We never heard from parents. He always took our side. He respected you yeah. as professionals? He, yes, he did. He always took our side. And, and I was always. a new teacher, and I remember being so afraid of him at first. Yeah. And then finding out, wow, he's a dad. He's a, yeah, he's, he's just. A, He's so a good guy. Casual and, and yet professional, but but really trusted us. You know, and he'd say, No, I'm not an artist. It you know, let me know what I can do to help you. What supplies do you need? What? And you know, being fairly new, I was shocked at how much he trusted me to be an adult and just take care of my art department. And yeah, it was yeah. I really liked him. And then Steve Hill, well <clears throat> Steve was awesome, I thought. I thought he was maybe the best that we've had. He was just very much He'd just come in my room and just say, just here to see what's going on. Not to do an observation, just to make himself known with the kids, which I think is unique in an administrator. Yeah. But you notice those are all different. Yeah. You get to know them in a different yeah. way. A lot of different them strengths. And never came in my room and I thought, like, oh, if a parent called and said this crazy teacher did that, you know, they don't know, you're not. So I used to think, I wish they would come in my classroom. 
and see what's going on. But yeah, I did notice that, Steve. And Brian, Brian did that too. Brian would come in my room and I'd be like, everything good? And he'd be like, oh yeah, we're just checking out. But, what do you wish admin knew? And this is for the teachers that are listening, right? And admin that are listening. As a teacher, what do we expect admin to do? And can they actually do our expectations? What do you think? What is it that teachers need from admin? And this helps teachers to voice for themselves, right? To advocate what they need. Trust that your that your faculty is doing the best job that they can do for the most part, and to and to support them and ask them if they can help. I mean, that's like what Ross would do. He trusted us, and we were all young, and we we did. We tried our hardest to do the best we could do, and and did. we were and starting from scratch. We started from scratch. Yeah. We didn't have a thing, you know. Most schools you go into, and it's like, here, this lady retired, or this tradition guy yeah, made sure you go. Here's all yeah. this stuff, and it was like. We got to buy everything or find it or get it donated or whatever. So what are some epic memories, the things that you looking back can't believe that happened? I remember being in choir in this school when the O.J. Simpson verdict was going oh, yeah. on. What are some of the big ones that you remember thinking, we're watching this, we have to watch this, we have to see what's going on in our world right now. 9-11. Yeah, 9-11 was the yeah. biggest. And they told us we couldn't watch, and we at the, that time, we had video announcements for the, we would talk over the TV and everything. We had, had a rolling TV, rolly TV and the roll-in and everything, and they said, whatever you do, do not turn on the TV. Yeah. Pretty much everybody turned on the TV. Well, and I fought that one. I told you guys that. Yeah. So it happened as I was coming into school, as I was getting out of my car to walk into the building, the, I'd heard on the radio that one plane had crashed in New York. And I'm picturing like a Cessna. I'm thinking it's just like, why are we even caring? And as we were walking in, just as I got in my room, I turned the TV on just as the second one. So it was like right there, immediate. So we're all kind of gathered around and watching, and the principal made the announcement to turn off the TV. Well, I was the social studies department chair at the time, and I went down and I said, sorry, we're absolutely keeping our TVs on because this is history. And with our connection with the base, we had so many kids who were freaking out because this was pre-cell phone, so their parents were being immediately impacted by this, and they had no way to contact their parents. We got word from the base that the base was going on lockdown, that these kids, I mean, we had probably, what, 150, 200 kids who couldn't get home. Right. So teachers stayed at the school until like 10 o'clock that night until those kids could get home. Wow. So yeah, no, I just said we have to have the TVs on because we're being so, not only is it history, so from a history teacher sure. perspective, we absolutely, but it's just like this is our community that's being affected by this. not every school had that experience. Right, and not yeah. everyone did. I mean, it was pers we had kids whose parents got deployed within a week. They were gone. That was the same right after that. That's when Weber State started um, videotaping graduations and then putting it on the internet for mostly because they actually came from Hill Air Force Base to talk to us and say, hey, is it okay if we video stream your graduation so that we can send it to all the kids' parents who are uh, overseas right now for because of this. And that's how that whole thing of videotaping graduation started was after 9-11. So during 9-11, we also had academies back then. Oh, yeah. And so in our academy groups, we had English and history people, and we had a meeting. I, we had a, in our academy, we had a meeting on the day of 9-11. It was interesting to see the different perspectives of different teachers, different subjects. Mm -hmm. 
I remember Reed Loveland had a sub. Her name was Helen. Do you remember Helen? Remember. She subbed for everybody. We subbed all the time. <laughs> and so she came in my room and she was just sobbing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened? And she said, the planes, the planes, you know, just hit the buildings. And I'm like, what? What? Where? What? And I, I just thought she was really confused. And so I probably an hour went by and I, I was busy and had this big class and I just really didn't think, I, I really didn't leave her. <laughs> And then when the class ended and stuff, then I went back over to his room and said, okay, now what is this? And none of my kids had said anything. My class just went as normal. And then she, we turned on the TV and it was, I think it was lunch by then. And so then we watched everything and I'm like, oh, this is legit. This is seriously going down. This is huge. Wow. And then I was almost kind of embarrassed that I took it so lightly that I just thought, you know, she's, this can't be right. I still have the newspapers. I, yeah, I kept newspapers. Yeah, I have well, the newspapers course. from History that day. Keep what other big events? I remember a wind blowout or something. Oh, yeah. Oh. That was, that's pretty recent. What year was that? That was a good 20, one. 20. Yeah, yeah 20, 2020. 20, no, like no, it was 12. 2012, 2013. It was a long time. It was not that windstorm. And, it, and it, we, they had, we had to go on as oh, usual. The trees right? broke off. The trees <laughs> broke off. We had to go <laughs> on as usual as yeah. a regular day without any electricity. But it didn't no matter because we didn't have tech, too much tech or anything. And there were but no kids. There were no kids. So everybody's sitting in the hall because it was lighter in the halls and it wasn't a classroom. <laughs> but we're supposed to keep on teaching, even though. Yeah, because all the interior rooms didn't have yeah. any lights no at all. lights anywhere and I wasn't even I was on my way to a meeting at the district offices and I was like this is ridiculous because there was ice on the roads and everything I turned around and came back and I went in the school and it was like totally black yeah. uh, and I thought for sure everyone had gone home but no sure no, when is that going the one on. storm we lost because I have all those trees outside my classroom yeah I just sat there and watched them break off like toothpicks yeah. it was it would crack them <laughs> and then a gigantic branch would go flying and another giant <laughs> I mean, it would crack them in half, and they just pop. Like, I mean, I watched like six trees just disappear in front of my classroom. We all, all the art teachers sat there with our mouths open, watching these trees blow away. That was pretty exciting. Yeah. And then do you remember the ice storm? We had the ice storm. Yeah. And oh, everyone oh. was walking out to their cars, and we <laughs> were trying not to laugh, but it was so slippery. And they were standing still and going shh, 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 because they were sliding and. <laughs> The wind was the wind. The wind <laughs> pushed it, so they were like going in the wind and being pushed in the ice. It was pretty, yeah. Well, and we laughed funny. until we tried to walk to our own cars. Yeah, we were like, "This is impossible." Like, yeah. you, we might as well just sit down and like scoot on our yeah rear ends. Yeah. <laughs> so, how, how do you think kids have changed over the last couple decades, or have they? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, so we're all now to the point where we have students who we have their parents as well. And there's some yes. definite similarities in there. <laughs> the apple doesn't fall from far from the tree. Is that what we say? Yeah. Um, there's some. Kids are kids. I don't know. I mean, I remember sitting in class in the late 90s, and there was one kid who was always sleepy, and I always thought, this is so weird. You're always sleepy. His eyes were always half closed. He wasn't really sleepy. always sleepy. Um, <laughs> I mean, a little bit high. A little bit. Um, I think there are some things that are just continuous. The cycle is continuous, but what? Are kids basically the same? Are they more or less respectful? Are they more or less intelligent? Have there been ACT ups and downs? I know when I used to call a parent, boy, they were always on my side. I am so embarrassed. I will talk to my child. That is not acceptable. And now when I call a parent, I'm 
kind of wondering, are they going to take my side? Or <laughs> you know, it's I, I find there's a lot more. It used to be no question. They were on your side, and you bet we'll talk to that kid. And now, what do you think that is? I know. I think it's people are so big on my voice, my opinion, my my life matters. You know, I don't know. I and I think everyone's life matter. I get it to a point, but I feel like parents, my parents, some of the things my students do. If I would have done that growing up, I would have been grounded for two months. I'd have been in so much trouble. Yeah. I think that the parents that we see now are more are looking at their phones themselves. I don't think they parent like the parents previously did. So we're seeing more laxed students because their parents aren't pushing them. They're too busy with their own lives and their own phone. And I mean, I can't I cannot believe how much time the kids spend looking at their phone. I mean, that is a lot of screen time. And they just sit there. I walk, when I'm walking around and I'm walking by classrooms and stuff and it's dead silent. That used to not, it, it was a little bit rowdier back in the day before phones, it was louder. But I walk by and everybody's in the room, quiet, not doing any work, looking at their phone. And I think that's the change. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say technology, but I think because it's both ways, because before, I mean, remember, we'd have so many parents at parent conferences. Oh, yeah. It'd be all night long. It'd be a constant stream. But once we made the, str the switch to where they can see it instantly online, they don't need to come to parent conferences because they can see their students' grade pretty much in real time now. And so there's no need for stuff like that. And so I think as much as I think it's kind of cliche, I think technology has been a big influence in both student behavior, parent behavior, well, our jobs all kids, around. Um, you know, so many of my students, they'll show me their dance pictures. I'm like, so are you guys, does he go to Northridge, the guy you went with? Or, and they'll say, oh no, I met him online. He lives in Salt Lake. You know, and I just wonder how many kids, like when I was growing up, that's who you hung out with were the kids in your school. And from what I'm observing, they are all over the place and from other cities and they just, whoever they meet online. So I don't know if that's the norm or like, <laughs> definitely wasn't that way when I was not, you had no way to get to know that many people from other places. Parent-teacher conferences were crazy. Oh, lines. Oh, the line, just, the lines. Mm -hmm. For all subjects. For all we subjects. had to just cut people off because there would be mm -hmm. 10 people. They would say, yeah, with all the many people, you only get this amount of time for a parent. That's how, I mean, we all met in the cafeteria, library, wherever, the commons and stuff, and there was lines. And you're like, oh, look at our line. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think education is becoming optional? or it will become optional? I think online education is becoming a lot more, you know, if someone has anxiety, doesn't like people, then they, I mean, they have that choice now, definitely. I prefer people, but I think there's a lot of kids that if they had the choice to just totally go online and not ever see people, they would do that. Well, I'm just thinking if parents, not that they don't care, but if parents are less involved and kids are learning to be less involved, will there be a generation where Whatever. Yeah. I hope not, but I mean, I there's definitely glimpses of that out there. Especially after the pandemic and everybody knew yeah. that they could do most of their stuff online. There's a lot of students who prefer to do it. I mean, I guess it's good to have a choice in everything. But, but I also feel like social is... The social is... You know, school you're going to have to work a job someday and be around a boss and other employees. And if you've just done online school and then you're 18 and going to get a job for the first time and you've been in your basement online for 18 years like 
how does that affect being able to keep a job? Of course, a lot of people have jobs on. Like, I don't know. So if students haven't really changed and we see the need for education, how has your curriculum changed? What have you changed from assessments, tests, homework, content, types of stories, types of books, types of activities? What's changed and what works? Well, with my art, I'm old school. I like to see the painting in person. Because when you get a picture of it on a computer, I don't know if it's a five by seven or a great big, you know. Um, so yeah, I I like, I'm old fashioned, but I am older too. So I don't know, maybe you guys probably do everything online. Right. No. no. Well, the way mine has changed mostly is because of my subject with history and English. There's way more. Like I, we actually have talked about this several times, movies that I showed, even clips of movies that I showed 10 years ago, I would lose my job over even mentioning today. So that's really changed a lot. Novels that I taught when I taught English that would not be allowed to be taught today. Um, there's a lot of that. So I feel like I'm a lot more. Um, but are I, you more paperless where the kids turn everything in on canvas or do you still like physical papers? Um, I'm a little bit of half and half, like every now and then I'll do something on paper, but I do a lot of my stuff on Canvas. But that's also partly because of the classes I teach. My classes are concurrent enrollment through Weber State, and Weber State mandates that I use their Canvas. So it's not really my choice. And I still like the physical Canvas of it. And I've also, during COVID, I would get these amazing, and not very many kids cheated, but I would get these amazing paintings and I would Google and I'd find them right away. And I even downloaded this app on my phone where I could hold it and it would take right to the article or right to the website and there it was. I'm like, so I called a few parents over that, but so I like to physically see it because with art, it's so easy to just take a picture yeah. of yeah. something online and submit it and say they did it. And plus I, I want to see them working on it in class as well. So I was wondering if I just get something on canvas, it's like, oh, here, sorry, I haven't been there for three weeks. Here's my painting. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of times they didn't do it. I, I can track where it came from. So we talked about this, Steve, but go ahead and talk just like we did before. What was your experience as technology develop, develops, evolves? Well, technology uh, gives you more diversity. It gives kids a chance to do things differently. It's, it's a mix between the old school and the new school, and everyone kind of figures out what they're happy with. I've converted all of my assignments to Canvas after the pandemic, and uh, it's been okay. So it sounds like old school works. It does. There's something tried and true about the way things work, the way kids think about things, having them work through the process is yeah. what works. And I think we've done workshops. I think you guys all did the blended school thing, and I really liked mm -hmm. that idea of that whole, if you have something that is old school, if it works, don't change it yeah. just as an excuse to use technology. But if there's a piece of technology that works like Canvas, I mean, I think Canvas gives some good opportunities for kids. I, I use discussions in Canvas. I love it because it gives the kids who maybe wouldn't raise their hand in class they're willing to participate in something like that. If it's a kid who's home hospital that can't yeah. come to school, it gives them that option. So I think there's a there's a nice balance between old school and new school, which I think. Yeah, I do love good. that the kids have phones for pictures. You know, if they're painting an animal, they you know say, "Where's your reference?" and they show me on their phone, and oh, okay, just you know, this is a little bit out of proportion or whatever. And whereas before, it was like, okay, well, I have magazines over there. Go find something in a magazine. 
Um, the, yeah, so the phones are, I mean, if you're in a picture of a dog, you've got five million dog pictures in a, mm -hmm. one yeah. second. So it's awesome that I do love that about it. And my projector, I use that all the time and show YouTube videos and look at this guy does these great murals and you know, any little thing that comes up that, yeah, they love that kind of stuff. So it is, it's good. It's a, but then the phone is also a huge distraction. It, yeah. Huge. So you got to find the right balance between old and new school, but it can work together. So here's a hypothetical. You are suddenly gifted another 30 years your energy goes back to 30 years ago, but you remember, would you keep teaching for another 30 with the knowledge that you have, the energy that was required? You know, honestly, I mean, there's naughty kids that have driven me nuts over the years, but for the most part, I have to remember for that, you know, 2% that are naughty or whatever it is that all the other kids are so good and inspiring. And I actually learned a lot from their creativity. And I love seeing the little art displays every term. What kids Yeah, that's why we, we put them out there because a lot of those kids like don't those, go down the hall. Those three giant skulls, I want to buy those. Those are really <laughs> I, cool. I can hook you up. <laughs> um, so, what do you think? Would you? Could you? Meaning, like, would I go 30 more years so, like, I retire when I'm, like, old? Maybe you could start. Totally. If you were starting over, would you still do it? Oh, yeah. Me, too. Absolutely. I, Me, too. I can't think of anything. I've loved the art world. I have a lot Here. more better days than bad days. I mean, there's moments oh, in sure. kids every once in a while, but there's also ones that make me smile and laugh. And there are some really good kids out there. I'd, I'd go another 30. So I would absolutely start again. Because it's, it's fun. It's different. You get yeah. to roam around. Yeah. You're not stuck in a room. No, and every day is different. Right. That, yeah. Every period is every different. Period I mean, is that's different. what I, the lesson I've learned this year is I teach the same thing five times, and it's different yeah. every single time. Yeah. And it's the kids, right, that they ask different questions or they have different experiences. It's never the same, so it never gets old. Well, with art, we get the kids that just love it, and they come in at lunch, and they come in after school, and they're, I mean, they're just hungry. They want more time to do art. And I say it's so cute that, hey, we have a sub and we're just watching a movie and here I am. And, you know, it just makes me feel good that they have a safe place that they want to be. And a lot of these kids have never had a dance lesson, have never been on a sports team, have never. And that is their one thing they can do that's not costing their parents money or have they have to run them around and they're already here at school. And like, I honestly can't think of what I could have done that I would have liked no. even more. Yeah. Teaching, it wasn't perfect every day, that's for dang sure. Teaching is very unique. And if you enjoy it, it's wonderful life. Yeah. And I think we get a lot of freedom having our own rooms. And, you know, with art, we order our own supplies. And I feel like they've really trusted us. We've never done anything for them not to trust us. But, you know, if the kids say, hey, we want these Posca pens. We want these new markers. Can you order these? And it's been so nice to say, sure. Show me where they are. Where are they in this catalog? And... We get them for them, and they're just in there. Okay, I got. Where are they at? Did they come in? Did they come in? And they're so excited. It's nice to be able to provide that. Yeah. So Steve and I talked about this a little bit, thinking about <clears throat> coming from a previous job, coming into teaching. Um, sometimes we forget about the great things that exist around teaching. And I'm wondering if, looking back at your career, did you take enough time off? Yeah, every summer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a better teacher in the fall than the summer for sure. I mean, then 
Oh, in, I think we by all are. When we first come back, you know, we're just coming back, we're ready to go. Because I, I come from a restaurant where there is no time off. Yeah, and I think that's the about the time you start seeing teachers in April and May, we're like done, we've had it, we're like, Rah. is there anything and, wrong with taking a Friday? I wish I had taken more time off looking back. I mean, I have over a year of sick and personal. I do so too. I, I, I do too. And I think I was so afraid of. Right. Oh, I was afraid. That's not, yeah. yeah. And I'm not trying to say you should take a week no. off every year, but no, a day here, a day there. I wish I had. I wish I had taken. Like you took a week this year and went to Sun Valley. And yeah, and I do that. I like do that, that once a year, and that's a good thing. But there was a teacher who was retiring that took every Friday every off, Friday. For, and that was <laughs> was kind of funny. And it was a joke, and everybody knew about it. But no, I I do I don't mind being here. And so it's sometimes it's easier to be here than to have a sub. Oh, well, sure. that's I think we're all afraid and of like having to. Yeah, it's so much work to get a sub. It's we, easy. so bad. And then you come yeah. back and it's like and back you have to make a have to catch up. <laughs> to get a sub, you didn't call a place. You had to be up in the morning and you had to call and find a sub and say, will you sub for me? And then call another number. Will you sub for me? Call a number. There was, I remember when we first got a system that you just say you're sick and it calls people for you. What? So for the first little bit, online, for the first little bit, if you were sick, you were up at six o'clock in the morning calling. You had a list next to your phone of everybody you could call until you had a sub. If you didn't get a sub, you, you came in there. And so that keeps us from so taking days off. So I think since we off. all started with that, it probably like got ingrained. It's ingrained. It's <laughs> it got ingrained and said, I'm not getting this. Yeah, it was too hard to get a sub. Too hard to get a sub. That's true. Yeah. I wish that I had, though. I mean, we had a principal who told us we could use sick days as mental health days. And I wish that I had taken that a little more seriously. Because I think every now and then we do just need... Even if it's just a Friday or even a Monday, probably even a Monday more than a Friday, to just, you know. And I mean, my was... kids were basically raised at this school because both of them were born while I was teaching here. And I wish that I had taken off a day to go on a field trip with them or to take them, you know, not that I'm a bad mom, but, right. <laughs> you know, right. I wish I'd been a little bit more. Yeah, I missed a lot of field trips. Wait, because our thought... kids are the same age. It would have been fun to like... do, you know. But I, oh, I don't want to get a sub. I don't want to get a sub. Yeah, it was harder to get a sub. And a sick day than a personal day, that was a huge thing when we first started teaching. If you're sick, it's sick. If you're ta- There was no mental health days 30 years ago. No. That wasn't even a thing. No. So if you're, and you had to write out a little piece of paper and ask for personal leave and write down what you're doing. So you could not call and say you're sick because you better be sick. They'd find out if, and if you were going to be gone for two or three days and on a weekend and you put in sick leave, you got in trouble if you got caught. And then they hit you a day and a half or two days to make up for personal days because you were not sick. You had took personal and they would take. Yeah. I know some teachers that got called out, got in trouble that they found out they were not sick. So no, we didn't. That's why we, that's why we have a year (laughs) because we were doing, I think I have 600 and something hours of sick. (laughs) So thinking about your experience in teaching, what is it that you think newer teachers could use? Little bits of advice, little pieces of wisdom. Um, you never know who you're influencing because I'm always, you know, you have the loud squeaky wheels. Hi, hi, and help me. And then 
And it's always the ones that I run into at Walmart or I'll be at a movie. And they're like, Miss Timmick, do you remember me? And it, it's someone that was really quiet. That was, and I didn't even, they never said two words hardly. And I didn't even know if they liked my class. And they'll come and say, you were my favorite teacher. Or you have no idea how much your class changed my life. And I'm thinking, of all people, you were like this little quiet person that I felt like I didn't even know very well. You know, so you never know. Just because they're quiet doesn't mean they're not enjoying or taking in what you're trying to teach them. I think the new teachers need the mentors around. I think it's okay to have somebody who's been there kind of give you the ropes, kind of bring you in and teach you all of the hidden curriculum within the school because you've got to, you can't learn that always on your own and you got to like have a heads up about that. And I think just we were, when we first started, I felt like we were just left in our room. Here's a book. Good luck do your grades, take attendance, see ya. And so we didn't really have any support like you can have now. And I think so that the new teachers- curriculum, it's like, here's how you close grades. Yeah. yeah. Here's how you- Hidden curriculum, make sure you take care of the secretary. Well, and I think it's just kind and of an unwritten all, rule. That's an unwritten rule, hidden curriculum. Someone's gonna take care of you. You know, that if you, you go ask, you go- Yeah. You know, and I think as an older teacher, whenever we hired a younger one, then I felt like, okay, this is my job. I gotta make sure- Right where they don't assign, well, I guess they kind of nowadays yeah, they do, do now, but they, they so. do have an assigned mentor, huh? And I, I actually did have, my very first year, I remember they, I did have an assigned someone to help me at the district. Yeah, they still have mentor teams still. But I think like what Pam says too, if I think about it, and I think you guys are all the same, we're together on this, is to get to know the people around you. I think sometimes new teachers want to just stay in their room and do their own thing. But like think at all the friends, yeah. Seriously, yeah. I mean, I have, uh, there's so many people here that we've known each other now for 30 years. So it's okay to go to dinner with people? It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay to not, you don't have to eat lunch in your room. No. Go out and find friends to eat lunch with and find people. I mean, we're sitting here, four people from different departments, and yet we have a lot of common history together. And I think that's the thing is don't be afraid. Sometimes some of my best ideas have come from Pam in the math department or when we had our academies from, mm -hmm. from Steve or from Jason, Duck, whoever was in our academy group, they'd have brilliant ideas from a completely I did like the academies because we got to know other people. It was, different people. It was like the PDs yeah. that we're doing now, but yeah, the different that was the academies and you got to work together and meet other people. And yeah, don't eat lunch by yourself. No, don't eat lunch by yourself unless you really just... <laughs> always take time and sometimes you need to walk out of your classroom right. take some time and right. leave your room I think that's a big one if and that's a big like one it's just too much it's okay to walk away it's okay to walk away for just a minute any wisdom Steve it's a journey you have to enjoy the journey mm -hmm. find find satisfaction in what you do so you can be nice and have an enjoyable career who uh, has been the biggest influence in where you are right now could be professionally could be personally you know, my mom and dad were both teachers, and we kind of struggled financially. I mean, we always had food on the table, but we didn't go to Hawaii and <laughs> things like my friends did. But I I remember saying, I'm not going to teach school. I'm going to make money. I'm not going to do what you guys are doing. And um, then when it came right down to it, I thought, this is what I really want to do. And so I kind of had to eat my own words. But I so probably my parents, I saw you know, that they had their weekends off and, you know, I've waitressed, <laughs> you were talking about the restaurant business and yeah, I thought, oh my gosh, these people that don't ever, they don't have their summers off. What do you do without your summers off? And 
we always water skied and we had a boat and I thought, okay, that's a pretty good gig to have your summers off. And My parents were both teachers too. My mom hated it, so I think they both influenced me in different ways. My mom hated it, so I learned from her mistakes of what she did that she didn't like. My dad loved it, and I think I did a lot of the same things that my dad did. My dad coached, and he did student government, and so growing up, we were going to school activities with him all the time, and I definitely did that with my kids. I brought them the same, like made them be part of the, I mean, he was definitely part of his school community, and I've kind of, I think, internalized that a lot. And I do things, even though he taught science and I don't do science very well, I think just his general attitude of, of what a good teacher is, I think that he's yeah, probably and, my number one influence. With the daycare here right at Northridge, yeah. I had my kids, and as a mom, as a working mom, you know, people would say, oh, do you feel so guilty having your kids in daycare? And I'd say, no, they do something different every so many minutes. I would never entertain them that much. And I never once went down there when they weren't, mom. You know, and they loved the kids that worked with them. Mom, this is so-and-so. Look what I made. Look what, you know, they, I don't think my kids could have been in a better environment either. Even being raised, if I was a stay-at-home mom all day, most of my stay-at-home mom friends complain and I need adults. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we all just want what we don't have, but. So my parents were both teachers too. Seems to be a theme. Also, over the years, though, just members of our department, our science department has always um, been very close and we've always got along very well. And we've had a mix of older and younger teachers, and I think that's been very helpful for all of us. It's hard for me to go down to this like one person because there's been so many, and a lot of them have been, my dad was a teacher, um, it's on the theme, but there's been so much support at Northridge from all of the friends that I've met and, all, and made. They're not just teacher friends, they're actually friend friends too. And there was so much support out there from them that we spend more time here than we think we do at home. And so when you're here, this is a city and there is a lot of help here. And there's a lot of people I could call out that have always been there to help that way, more so than just one person. There was like, a, I've got a group of 10 or 15 women that I rely on all the time. When Kyle let my kids go throw pots, they all love Kyle <laughs> and Preston. When oh Preston God. was there, they'd go throw pots in that ceramics room. And anytime I said, oh, you're going to have to stay at Northridge for a while because I got to, oh, good. You know, they, <laughs> and they had sword fights with my yardsticks. And like, I never felt like my kids hated being here. I raised them here and they were just, yeah, Reed, Sarah, yeah, Ky yeah. Kyle, everyone helped me with my kids. I'm excited for you, looking at the things you've accomplished, the things that you have done and impacted people. What's one thing that you're going to miss? Pam. <laughs> Pam and Steve and Wendy. It's, it, it's, I miss, it's kind of like I think everybody, when we leave high school, it's just like when the kids leave high school, all of a sudden you, you're down to one or two friends, you don't see them anymore. I will miss seeing all the people I know every day, just like the students will miss when they graduate. And that will be sad because it's just kind of like when we go summer, we go cocooning. We All the teachers disappear and we poof do our own lives. And then as soon as we all get together, the first couple of days that we're back at school, we're not really prepping, we're talking and we're getting everything caught up again. It'll be, I think it'll be hard when August hits that I'm not, I, when I come out of my cocoon, I don't have all the people to talk to and see how their summer was that I will miss. I'll miss all the people here and I'll miss a majority of the students and I'll miss, you know, that I will miss. 
And, you know, I love the planes. I've always been fascinated with flying. And, I mean, those F, F-16, F-34 pilots I just have on a – and I painted a lot of helmets for them over the years. And, like, I never felt more important than when the pilots would come in and bring me their helmets. And the kids are all, what's going on? I'm like, I'm painting helmets for these pilots. Cool. And they just come in in their flight uniforms. And, I mean, every time I hear those planes, I'm like, they're flying million – multi-million dollar planes every day over this uh, we're just so used to it we don't even be wave you know and I, when my parents are in town because they live in st george they always notice they're like wow they sure fly over a lot and it's funny how we are just so used to it and but when my parents are in town they always point it out and i think yeah we we kind of take this for granted i think it's i feel very like we're kind of elite to be right and have teach all these military kids they're not brats at all. They are good kids. They are good kids. I don't know why they call them military brats. <laughs> um, I think I'll miss, because of my subject, again, because of history, there's so much. My content is every day, and I get weirdly excited, and the kids don't get excited. But I'm like, did you see the news last night? And they'll be like, no. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, like, it's real life. We're talking about something in history, and it's happening right now on the news as we talk about it. And I think... Like, I get excited to share that with them. And so I guess I'll just pass it to my kids. I'll have to call them and tell them. But I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. So I have a few years left. To... <laughs> so I guess we just, you really just miss the relationships, kids and adults. And it's different if you're not here. So that'll be a change. Well, I feel very privileged to be able to do this episode with you all. I remember being in the school with... Some I, I, all of you. I remember walking through halls and seeing you, but not having classes with you. And I never thought I would teach. Did you think that this was your thing, or was teaching kind of a surprise? It was a surprise, surprise. for me, because I because I think again, so many of us have parents who did it, and I was like, I'll never do that. So my original plan was nursing, but I'm really not good at math and things like that that you need for nursing, and so. Um, I think once I stopped fighting, it was a natural fit. <laughs> like once I just accepted that this is really what yeah. I need to be doing. I wanted to be an athletic trainer until I saw a bone stick out <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and everything and changed my major that day. <laughs> uh, and I always, I always taught dance and tumbling. So my dream in high school is my brother was going to open a gym and he would do all the speed training and the football players and all that. And then I do the gymnastics and the tumbling. And so it was funny when Facebook came out, some of my high school friends I hadn't seen in years and I had, they were like, what? You're an art teacher. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what I turned into. But I really, I always liked art, but I was more into the whole dance cheerleading drill team world until I was like, you know, early twenties. And then I started thinking, oh, this art thing's kind of cool. And I had a professor that really liked me said you can do art till you're 90 you can only dance till you're 30 <laughs> and then you'll now nah, be an artist so he, he was a big influence yeah so i went back to school um and came into teaching a little later so wasn't something i'd planned on doing yeah well thank you for sharing your experience uh giving some hope i think to sometimes it feels like teaching is collapsing all around us and it matters what we do matters and uh, your impact on this community has been massive we just wish you the best of luck in the next however long you're in the neighborhood in the community 
subbing or not. Um, not thank subbing. You. Not subbing. Renan's <laughs> not subbing. No, do not call me to sub. Once I walk out the doors, I'm out the doors. Pam, <laughs> you volunteer to sub? I've uh, volunteered to sub for just the math department. Okay. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not subbing. Not subbing? I doubt also. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right. Well, thanks. It's been an awesome conversation this hour. Thanks so much.